Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, my guest is George Tuko Tokos. He is a professional MMA fighter and a good pal of mine. Please enjoy George Tuko Tokos, yes. <laughs> welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. I've just been calling you Tuko for so long, it feels weird saying your real name. Yeah, I mean, everyone calls me Tuko. That's my actual middle name that my dad gave me. And since a young age, everyone just calls me that. I guess George is my, my official government first name. Right. Well, I mean, we need that to get around. To move around the world, we need that government yeah. name. Yeah. Bro, um... I want to talk to you about the insane cuts you do for MMA because like I can't, I don't know if I could call it a cut but like to take a to take a nudie picture not really a nudie picture but like a picture with my shirt off I've done like where you know the weight's coming back you know yeah. this is not this is not like a a long term lifestyle dieting goal this is like I'm going to punish myself for a short period when I'm standing there trying to flex muscles my vision is going out like it's it's crazy. And even then, I think my cut was like 15 pounds, which when I hear you talk about it, that's not that crazy. And then you have to compete. So I like I can't wrap my head around this. Yeah, it's insane. So I think you have to initially when we speak about this is look at the history of weight classes, I guess. So when fighting when fighting became like a, 
a common competition. It was like, it would be open weight. Even up until the early fight promotions, the first few UFCs, Pride fighting out in Japan, they were all open weight. There weren't weight classes, you know. Of course, there was, I mean, you'd hope there was some sensibility that they wouldn't put tiny guys with huge guys, but they did. We saw that in the UFC. We saw yeah, like, a sumo wrestler versus like a tiny little yeah. person. Yeah. It was like, I don't know what he was, 160 pounds fighting a guy, 300 pounds. It was insane. So I think they, especially when it became more mainstream, athletic commissions and stuff started to be involved and they, and they introduced this and with boxing also is to, to make it fair, they would introduce weight classes. And I think the idea was on the day, the guys are the same or similar weight, but then guys started to abuse this and say, Oh, well, how about I just dehydrate myself for the weigh in. And then the next day I'll be huge compared to this guy. And everyone cottoned onto that. And now, Every single person does that. Maybe you can count on one or two hands the amount of guys in the UFC or or um, big promotions that don't do this. There's a few guys that just walk around at their fight weight. Heavyweights do as well. But there's even heavyweights that cut to 265. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And the commissions tried to combat that also by weighing the guy on the day of the fight, on the night of the fight. When you get to the arena, oftentimes you'll see a commissioner or someone pull you aside to record your weight on the night so they know exactly how much you've rehydrated. What's the most you ever cut for a fight? Damn, the most I ever cut was... Uh... So there's there's more to it. Okay, there's, yeah, because, I, because I heard, I've heard this figure and it, it's it's a startling figure. Okay, go so ahead. There's three phases to the weight, the weight cut, as we say. There's the dieting phase where you diet for the fight camp, however that may be, six weeks, eight weeks. And that's just dieting to reduce your body weight. You know, you create a calorie deficit, bring your body weight down as much as you can naturally with your diet and with your training. Then about a week out of the fight, you start to manipulate your sodium levels, your water levels. You People water load. They start to take in an excessive amount of water so that their body releases the hormones to flush it. So that's like the fight week where you drastically, you you drop carbs, you drop sodium and uh, you water load. And then the day before the weight cut, you cut out the water. People have different methods, but generally that's when it is. Your body continues to flush the water. And then you get to that figure that you are just before you start what we call the water cut, which is where you begin to sweat to actually get yourself on the contracted weight. So there's the dieting phase. Then there's like the week out where you adjust your numbers to try and get as low as you can. And then there's the actual water cut, which you want to do as close to the weigh-in as possible. So I've taken fights before on short notice as well, where I've cut maybe close to 50 pounds in a couple of weeks. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, I've dieted down 15 pounds. And uh, and then like played with my sodium, water loaded, and then cut almost twenty pounds the night before. Okay, you, and you just fought recently on like a day's notice in Brazil, right? Well, in Brazil, yeah, it was it was, it was like ten days notice, maybe. Did, was I, there a cut for that? But even that, yeah, it was at uh, two hundred five light heavyweight. Usually, okay. I'm a, a one eighty five pounder, so to make two hundred five is quite easy for me because I'm used to cutting fifteen twenty pounds of water, so. To cut 10 is, like, easy for me. Right. Um, even there, like, I ate an entire pizza, and then I got the call, and I was like, damn, 
I wanted to go and like put my finger in my throat, but <laughs> I, I I just dropped out the carbs, hit the cardio, got myself down as much as possible, then cut out the sodium, uh, water loaded, and cut the water out, and then uh, cut like eight pounds. I think it was nothing. Okay, eight pounds. That seemed like yeah. Okay, I could have a big weekend and have an or a small weekend and have an eight pound shift. Like eight pounds, I understand. You're a big dude. Eight pounds yeah. doesn't seem insane. 50 pounds. I yeah. don't care if you're 300 pounds, 50 yeah. pounds in two months. That's a lot. Or even six weeks. You said that's a lot yeah. of weight. I know we joke about it, but it's, it's, it's not funny. I don't advise it. And, um, like even the last, like really bad cut I done was in 2020 fighting at Mohegan Sun for Bellator. And for weeks after the fight, I was like, damn, did I get kicked in the side in the back? And it, it was my kidneys like working overtime, really stressed. Uh, from going through that process. So I, I don't advise it. It's not healthy. And what we do is we look at the um, the percentage of your body weight that you're losing. And the guidelines kind of say like 10% is the maximum you would want. So fighting at 185, you'd want to be 203 on the fight week so that you're only losing 10% of your body weight. I was doing much more than that. And that that guideline that I pointed out that the commission monitor they they don't want you to regain 10% over 10% of your body weight cuz that would that would uh, signal that you've cut too much weight so there's guys i don't know if you're familiar with paulo costa yeah he's in the ufc a middleweight contender he has the record weight gain for that division because he was like 214 on the fight night but i've been like 222 on the fight night in that same weight class so, so they are weighing you again they weigh you on the night of the fight. Most commissions do because they, and, and I got suspended for that. The commission there, they do a great job up there in Connecticut. They they told me I was suspended until I went to see a doctor because they had to, to know that it was safe for me to fight at that weight class. Okay. And the doctor was knew, oh, it was short notice. I was heavy. It is safe for me to, to make that cut in future. So they do a good job of like keeping on the guys because it's for your own safety, but that shows you what fighters are like. You know, they just want to fight and they're willing to push their body to to the limit. Yeah, I mean, you could get uh, rhabdo doing doing yeah. a cut like that. Like, there's there's like real legitimate things that could happen. But I, I want to know what it is. Like w w when I look at guys, professional fighters, I think like these guys are the top of the food chain in this discipline. Yeah. Do a few pounds make a huge difference? Like I, I as a person who has uh, done so much w losing weight, when yeah. I when I see a guy who can't get that extra pound off, especially if it's a pound, I feel like such a huge disappointment. But I don't actually know if yeah. I, I, it's partially this. It's like it did the other guy do a cut. And if the other guy did a cut and he managed to get that extra pound off why aren't you putting yourself in as deep a hole as him yeah you know what i mean there's all these thoughts that i just don't have real answers to it's one of those things where only a small amount of people in the world who are inside that environment at the time truly know what's happening you know and uh so we see it we know uh, and especially as a fighter myself i've been through that i've been there where it's like damn you're in the sauna for 30 minutes and this pound isn't coming off and it's not sometimes sometimes you're right it is uh an issue with the guy's discipline and his effort and because i've also seen that i've also seen guys that are lazy and they give up they quit you know and i've seen other guys that make weight every time even no matter how hard it is but um 
that's the thing about the human body and science. Sometimes it's impossible to gauge and kind of measure where you're at. Sometimes a guy cuts three pounds in 20 minutes and then it, he takes an hour to cut half a pound because right. you just don't the body's up. But that's why the preparation and the science that we have now, which I've been lucky enough to learn from some of the good guys. I mean, as you probably know, I'm on the road a lot, cornering a lot of my teammates. And uh, I learned from uh, the guys at Lockhart and Leith. They're like the industry standard for weight cuts. Uh, a lot of the top professionals use this. these guys. They're nutritionists. They come in, they cook for you. They handle everything with a weight cut. So I use one of those for my cuts. A lot of my teammates use those guys. And uh, I've learned, I kind of like stick around and I've learned a lot. So now I'm at the point I can do weight cuts myself. Like I, I actually brought my little bag, my little weight cut bag, which has all my stuff in it. I was going to show you. Every, everything you need. It is yeah. like, if I thought about a weight cut right now, I would be thinking about like whey protein powder, and yeah. some vitamins and minerals and like keeping all the electrolytes away from me if I'm if I'm at that point yeah. where I'm trying to flush. Yeah. So it's actually funny. The great Vitor Belfort is a UFC legend. He actually taught me this and he said, you need to stop saying wait. When it, when it comes to the weight cut, like the last day, which is what we call the weight cut, he's like, you're cutting water. Stop yeah. saying you're just manipulating water. And uh you have to remember that that's like the main thing. So I see so many guys, even in Miami, I was just at UFC Miami, the pay-per-view. And uh, the main event was the middleweight title fight with uh, Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira was the champion before the fight. And you have to think middleweight is like, that's a weight class. They can kill everyone below them and they're probably big enough and they're more athletic than the guys above them. So you have to say that's the most dangerous weight class. Like the middleweight champ should be the most dangerous man on the planet, I think. He's 6'4", he's huge. And for him, who on paper is the most, the best fighter on the planet as a middleweight champ, he didn't know how to cut weight. I was right. watching him. Like I was bringing our guys down to check their weight and they were already on weight. And I'm seeing him with his team. They're great guys. They're, they're, they're legends. But I was like, damn, they're misinformed. Like how can the guy who's at the top of the industry not know how to cut weight efficiently, safely, et cetera. Because uh, we call it a Brazilian weight cut. I'm part Brazilian myself, so I can say that. But yeah, when you're at the end of the weight cut, you don't want to be exerting energy like that. I, I was watching him hitting pads still in a sweatsuit. That's not the objective, going back to what Vitor told me. You just want to cut water. How do you do that? You sweat. How do you sweat? You raise your body temperature. So you want to do it as passively as possible because... Yeah. Point, you're already dehydrated your glycogen stores are empty because you haven't had any carbs etc so you don't want to be using and exerting yourself because then you damage your glycogen stores later on so that that does play a factor the weight cut does affect the the fight ethan because if a guy has a bad cut and he's cutting weight the wrong way he's he's uh holding himself back he's not going to be able to hydrate fully and replenish his glycogen stores and his muscles adequately to perform to the best of his ability yeah, I mean, the idea of doing cardio to achieve that loss and yeah. then having to perform to me is completely yeah. insane. It's the yeah. worst. I think it's the worst thing you could do because there's no way, even if you even if you take in just pure sugar water or even if you yeah. got an IV, your body's not replenishing the energy in the same way as if yeah. you were passively just get like, let's just get rid of water. I can sit still in a sauna but, yeah. but I also know when I say that I've spent a lot of time in saunas 
And there is that scary point when you stop sweating and you're yeah. hot and and like and then your 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 core temperature starts to rocket up. And really, from what I've found for myself, and I haven't done this, I haven't done this professionally, but the only thing that gets me sweating again is to take in more water, more yeah. salt, more potassium, so stuff like that. There's a scientific explanation for that. And I can use an example of one of my teammates. I won't name him, but he was cutting weight and he was cutting weight with another fighter that was a friend of his. And his friend's team were using that method. They had sweatsuits on, hitting pads in a hot room. And uh, he really wasn't sweating. And he was going in the little sauna and he just would not sweat. And he felt terrible. And he kept saying to me, I really don't feel good. I really don't feel good. So I was like, let's take a walk. We went back to our hotel room. And I used this handy tool that everyone involved in weight cuts should use, this infrared thermometer. I put it to his head and I saw that he was way out of a safe range. His brain was cooking. He was so overheated that his body would not sweat yeah. because it's dangerous to let go of a drop of fluid. So what did we do? We actually put ice on his head. You'd think that would be counterproductive when cutting weight. That brought his body temperature back down. He immediately, he immediately starts to sweat. Yeah. With ice, which doesn't make any sense to like someone who doesn't know. But I knew he wasn't in the optimal range to sweat. He his brain was too hot. He was overheating. So by bringing his body temperature down, he began to sweat profusely. It was insane. Yeah. So that's a big thing, a big tool that you need. You need, people don't know about this. I personally, I'm not a big fan of the sauna because your head is in it, and your head is also cooking and heating. It's not good for your brain. You, you want to dehydrate your brain as little as possible if you can. So I prefer to use the tub. The bathtub is what most people in the industry use. And so we also use this cooking thermometer. <laughs> I love all the gadgets are awesome. Yeah, you need these. You need this little weight cut kit. But I like to use the tub because your head is, uh, is not inside the water. Your head can be a bit cooler. You can keep ice on the head. You can monitor the guy's temperature. But his body is in there. Uh, and he's sweating under the water and as well we can time it and and we can kind of measure it where he's at so that's what most people use right now is the bathtub to cut weight that's i mean it's a lot smarter actually now, like yeah. now when I, that i think about it in those terms like you do sweat when you're in the tub you yeah. can stay in for a couple of minutes and yeah. you, you probably benefit a lot by keeping your head cool yeah 100 percent. and as well going back to what vito belfort said the legend he said that every single night in fight camp he does a heat acclimation, which is what nutritionists advise. He takes a hot bath every single night and he does it for the time that he cuts weight. Of course, he can rehydrate after that throughout fight camp, but he does that and he starts to condition his actual mind to be in a relaxed state. He says, oh, I enjoy this. This is relaxing. I'm just having a hot bath. I'm just having a hot bath. So when it does come time to cut weight for the actual weigh-in, it's easy. And that's what I've, I took that from him. And I love it. Like, they have to pull me out of the weight cut bath. I'm like, oh, this is lovely. Light some candles, bring my speaker. You have to have some relaxing music on the weight cut. Is that in the weight cut bag too, the speaker? Yeah, speaker's in the weight cut. And also, these are handy too. A good old Jolly Rancher. Because at that point, calories coming in of that on that smaller scale and sugars on that smaller scale, it's you're not even going to digest it by the time you weigh in. So that can keep you sane. It can keep your mouth kind of uh, some moisture in your mouth, some flavor. It can distract you and five minutes of the weight cut go by quickly like that. Well, yeah, and I, I also have read um, there are biological processes where like if your system starts to slow down because it's deprived of something, 
all you have to do is send a signal. You put something sweet in yeah. your mouth. It's sending signals everywhere. Yeah. Like, okay, we got, we got sugar incoming. Yeah. And stuff I'm, starts to move again. Exactly. And the stress hormones in your body will start to decrease. It's just, oh, we've eaten. We're taking in calories. We're, we're safe. We've reached a safe space. We're out of the desert. Yeah. And then you start to relax. So you have to account for all these things. It's crazy. Mind state's a big one. Uh, the human body, relaxing, stress hormones, all these kind of things play a factor. When when you're at the beginning of a camp and you're just looking at nutrition and all of this is like down the road by mm. weeks or months, how, 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 what, what are the, what are the things that they're looking like? I know as an athlete, I would think that um, carbohydrates play some part in your diet yeah. because I know you do at least two workouts a day. That's a lot to, to put your body through without some form of fast acting uh, energy. Um, but when you're putting yourself into a caloric deficit, is it hard to maintain workouts at that pace? So it's not because, I mean, of course, I'm disciplined and stuff, and I enjoy it. I, some For some reason, I like to train fasted or I like to train a little depleted. I, I get a kick out of it, of like knowing that I'm disciplined and, oh, I, I can make it through these rounds. But um, another great thing the nutritionists do is they say when you create that caloric deficit, don't cut it, don't cut it from the carbs, you know? Keep your carbs high so that you do have something to pull back on on that fight week. Because right. if you... There's guys who, who cut out carbs the whole fight camp to like get their weight down, but then they're really going to suffer at the end because they don't have nothing to cut back on. They're, they're cutting back on protein and all these essential fats that they need on the fight week. So we like to keep the carbs high on the fight camp yeah. and then you pull back on to make the weight. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's, that, I, I think that's smart too, because mm. at that point you're, you're primarily going to be targeting fat loss. Yeah. Right. And then when you get down and you need just a sudden shift in actual in water, the the easiest way, honestly, to purge water. And this is one of my my biggest kind of beefs with um, the keto diet and why so many people have so much success immediately on the keto diet, which I think is good and bad. Like, yeah, you lost 10 pounds the first week doing keto and that's yeah. motivating. But that is a lot of that is water. It's going to be yeah. a lot of water. Held by carbs, yeah. It's funny that, like, when I see people who don't compete, for example, and they, they obsess about their weight, I always say to them, forget about your weight. You don't compete in a sport where you have to make weight. The most important thing is how you see yourself and how you feel. And um, But, yeah, 99% of the general population, they know nothing about their weight. They think, oh, damn, I gained five pounds in a week. I'm like, no. You just drank a gallon yesterday. You haven't peed yet, you know? <laughs> I know I, I can wake up 10 pounds heavier or 10 pounds lighter tomorrow. Yeah. What I want by just playing with that water, like you said. Yeah, it, it is amazing when I go in to Kill Cliff and I see some of the guys and I see how active they are and how different their bodies look when they're not going to fight that night. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you see a guy at the weigh-in and usually they're you see – and not everyone I'm always, there's also the guys there at the way and who have a gut. And I'm like, okay, if you can pull off a gut, good for you. Yeah. But you see the guys who are just shredded for the most part. And then uh, during just regular workouts, they look like fairly normal people. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone's different. Everybody's different. But like you said, on the, on the scales, most guys are dehydrated. 
their muscles are all popping out, their skin is thin. They look their best on the scale, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then when they've had carbs and stuff, you see them in the actual cage. They're like, they're pumped. They're juicy. Yeah. Th this was one of the things that like, you know, for the longest time, cause I, cause like for me, losing weight it's just like i'm flipping a switch i'm going into this mode of losing weight and 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 it's not that it's easier fun it's not easier fun it's difficult but it but like i understand that because that's because i've spent so many years doing it but i've also spent so many years gaining weight back so the idea of getting to a place where i am happy with myself that was completely foreign and i had all these ideas like okay will i be happy if i have a six pack okay that's what i'm going to go for and then you get the six pack and it's like well i could have a better six pack than this yeah. you know what i mean and then and then it's like well now i want veins in my abdomen you know yeah. like it's got to be really and you you i get there and i'm like I can't, there's no way to live like this. This is yeah. not like, I don't know how dudes who have that 24, seven, 365 on Instagram, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not a fun life. Yeah. Probably some steroids is they're doing. <laughs> I would think that. And then even with steroids, like, okay, you're doing the steroids, but you're also like your entire life's got to be dedicated to keeping yeah. that six pack, you know? Yeah. That's what I love about myself personally, my own kind of journey, aesthetic journey. Like in my youth, I've been huge. I've been shredded. I've been all that stuff. Now I'm just like more focused on my fighting career. And I, 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 only, I don't care how I look anymore. You know, I just care about making weight, being in shape from a like cardio point of view. But that's great. Like for me to, as I get older, not care about that, you know, as where when I was young, I used to. Yeah. So it's like, go full circle and you become almost like a child again where you don't care you just want to be fed and you just want to have fun and you don't care how you actually look so yeah there um, has to be some enjoyment i think for me because i'm i have so many like addictive qualities to myself so so i don't drink i don't do drugs and i try to eat in a way that i can maintain my weight and like okay if i need to take my shirt off i gotta lose 15 pounds and i know what that's gonna take you know what i yeah. mean yeah, that's where I'm at, where I know it's like, like I said earlier, I know I can get in shape in two weeks. You know, I can make 185 in two weeks. It's going to be hard. It's not good for me. But it's like when you know you can do that, it's not it's not so it's not such a mysterious kind of task. It's not the unknown. It's like, oh, I know I can do it. So I just don't care about it. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. And then but I, it is it is always. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. still something that lingers in my mind that you do that and then you have a physical competition where somebody's punching you in the face it's crazy we always say in the sport you get paid to make weight the fight is for free right. That's what we, like, the fight is for free you get paid to make weight you sign a contract to make weight and uh the fight is the fun part for me but it's it's crazy like that's the real hard part everyone says that cliche quote of like oh the hard part's done when they weigh in Right. It's like, I feel like even most of the fight camp is just to get my weight down for the weigh-in. Like the fight is like, it's a relief after that. You're like, oh yes, I can eat. And the fight's going to be fun. Like that's how we think of it. Right. And for, as far as a fight camp goes, like there was, there was part of me many, many years ago where I thought about a fight camp and I was like, like some assassin learning a new trick to kill somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what are and it's really not. It's just you're just you're just losing weight. You're just trying yeah. to keep your shape up and lose weight, right? For the most part. For the most part, yeah. I mean, when you start having bigger fights and dangerous opponents and stuff, you start working on of course you'd be stupid to neglect that. Like but then again, in our sport, it's so this is what we do and we're all familiar with it. Like even I just cornered a guy from our gym, Gerald Mearshart. He fought on the pay-per-view against a friend of mine, Joe Pfeiffer, that I train with when I'm in Philadelphia. So it was like, it wasn't like this evil adversary that was like waiting to face us. It was like, oh, I know the guy. He's my friend. You know, we were texting and everyone's going back and forth. So it was like, it really was just work that night. It was just a job. He They got in there and fought. It wasn't I saw like, you hug the guy after yeah. the fight and I was like, that's more than just like a coach yeah. saying hello to the other team. It looked sorry. familiar. He was saying sorry to me, man. He was in tears. He was like in my arms. He was a great kid and he really felt bad about having to to hurt another friend of mine, you know. And they don't even know each other like that. But I was just the the middleman and he felt some type of way. So I appreciated that. He's a great kid. Yeah. He I mean, he looked solid. And and hearing him talk, uh you can't root against him. He yeah. he seems like such a, a sweet great. kid who's worked really hard. He's a great kid. But going back to the weight stuff, like he's a big boy at that weight class. He's much bigger than Gerald. So that plays a factor. We we considered that. We're like, he cuts a lot of weight, which means he's going to be bigger and have a lot of power in the first round. So then that now becomes part of the fight it's like oh he's gonna get tired his chin might be affected because he's cut a lot of weight but the flip side to that is he's gonna be big and powerful in that first round and that worked in his favor for that fight he got the finish by throwing big shots in the first round and we didn't get to see him get tired or see his chin be compromised so 
weight does play a big factor. And another important thing I haven't mentioned is the rehydration. You see a lot of this rehydration is just not adequate, even at a high level. I'm at the UFC every other week and I see guys come off the scale. They're drinking a Pedialyte from Walgreens. It's like, that's insane. How can you be at this level and just not consider your rehydration? Because again, we record the fight weight. Uh, we record the guy's weight on the Monday of the fight week. So we know what he is when he's fully hydrated. That's what he has to get back to after the weigh-in. You see guys get off the scale, they eat straight away. Their blood plasma is so thick because they're dehydrated. Now you're eating food, you need to digest. Your, your body's sending blood to your stomach that you don't have. You see guys, they eat and they pass out because they don't have the blood to circulate like that. Their blood's so thick and they're trying to eat and digest food and put blood to their stomach to digest it. So you have to... Yeah, yeah. this was one of the uh, big problems. And, and I think it was it was for sure. I mean, it was absolutely more severe. But when the U.S. soldiers got uh, to concentration camps and... They saw these people who were starving to death and their instinct, of course, is let's feed these people. And they actually wound up killing some people because yeah. you you can't you have to take it really slowly. And obviously that's yeah. a, a more um, a very exaggerated version of what you're talking about. But I think the same principles apply. One hundred percent. We technically the advice we give is like. You want to come out of a weight cut the way you uh, weigh in the way you go in. So first you cut food and then you start to cut the water. So then you want to put the water back before you introduce the food. Um, so everything's measured again. Like we know how much sweat, is, uh, how much sodium, etc., potassium is in each pound of sweat. So these guys, the, the nutritionists, they calculate that each hydration shake that they make. There's a method to it that's tailored to that guy. They know, oh, this guy cut 14 pounds. That's X amount of sodium, X amount of potassium, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and there's a method to that also. They don't get off the scale and chug it. You have to slowly introduce. They, they put a stopwatch on. You get 15 minutes to, to sip the shake. Then you have a 15-minute break. Then another 15 minutes for the next shake until you're back up to that weight that you were before you started cutting. What? 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 Why did they cut? Why did they ban IVs? And do you is uh, is an IV actually a more efficient way to reintroduce uh, hydration? So I believe it is. Um, I know there's guys at the UFC that I mean I'm no expert or doctor. You know this is just what I've gathered from my experience in the sport, but I've seen it with my own eyes. But uh, some of the staff from like the UFC and the Nevada Athletic Commission and stuff, they, they're like, oh, fluid's better. And the, But then I'm like, so why in the hospital do they give you an IV rather yeah. than drink? It makes no sense. I think it's because uh, guys will maybe cut more weight if they know they can have an IV. They're mm -hmm. trying to be as possible and keep it as natural as possible. Right. So IVs are better. I've used IVs before when it when it's legal in that promotion or commission. I've but, used an IV just on. I used to race bicycles, and yeah. after after a long day of riding a bicycle in the hot sun, yeah. I've gone to a doctor and I said I I don't feel great. I'm shaky, and the doctor said, "Here, plug you into an IV." There was yeah. nothing else in it. It was just Ringer's yeah. lactate. It was just water, um, with like you know sugar and salt. I think. And I, man, I tell you, when that was done, I felt great. Yeah, and now they're so mainstream; like they're on every corner. You can go get an IV if you're not feeling well. You know, 
I think it's one of those things where maybe eventually they'll let everyone use it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just hard for them to monitor. Like TRT used to be legal in the UFC and some guys were on it. And it was, I think it was a pain in the ass to kind of monitor guys' levels constantly and see where they were at. I think if they if they legalized IVs, they'd have to hire so many staff to like to monitor oh what's in them. There'd be stuff in them that's prohibited, and it would be a big operation unless they d- provided it themselves. But yeah, I don't know what the future is with that. I mean, I I I also appreciate your point where it's like if you give that edge, people are gonna push it and go even yeah. further, and you're gonna see. Some even more massive weight cuts if you can rehydrate with an IV. That makes sense to me. But yeah. but also to your point, like you see an awful lot of guys with their cornerman standing right next to the scale with a Pedialyte. That is that is a very typical, you know, UFC weigh-in picture. And I think you're right. Like even anecdotally, my experience with doing a cut, I'm I'm standing there and I've got professional bodybuilders going. Don't do anything too fast. Like, and I'm, and I'm just like, I want to, I want to just start chugging stuff. And they're like, no, it's really not good for you. Yeah. You, and, and you only get that from experience and uh, learning the right way from the right people. But it's like I said, going back to that uh, pay-per-view card recently, there's guys at a high, high level that don't know how to cut weight, how to rehydrate, how to do any of that. It's insane to me when I see it, but Yeah. Do you think that 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 will that could impact somebody's the 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 longevity of their career? Oh, for sure. And just to say, like, I saw Alex Pereira the way he was cutting weight, and then he went and got knocked out by a counterpunch, and I was like, that'll do that to you, you know? Because you have to think your brain when your brain is that dehydrated, the fluid in your brain provides your equilibrium and your level. You know what I mean? That's why, like. When people are drunk, they kind of they lose balance. Also, it's like that plays a factor. So I think that definitely affects you in the fight. You know? Yeah, and he's not gonna he's not gonna fight at one eighty five. I don't think so. I think he's yeah. going up to five. Yeah, he's a big boy, and he'll still have to cut to get to two hundred five. Yeah, for sure. I think he walks around two twenty five, maybe, and he'll probably you'll see him get bigger now. His walking around weight will get bigger, but then again, it's still safer. You could cut the same amount of weight to 185 as you do to 205 but it's a lesser percentage of your body weight if that makes sense sure yeah Yeah. it's still a pretty big uh, i mean yeah it's still it's still a hefty cut um do, do you do you see anybody try to go into the cut too early yeah you see that all the time guys that are like trying to cut water and way too early you want to you want to be dehydrated for as short a time as possible that's the safest right that's why we leave it. Some some guys, if you don't have that much weight, you can cut on the morning of the weigh-in. Right. Some guys early so they can get that good sleep hydrated. But then again, people know their bodies and it's up to you to do that kind of assessment of like, oh, should I just get the work done now or just kill myself in the morning? It's like, I, I see, you- There's so many diets um, that are, I, I, I really do think like, promoted to the public as weight loss diets. Right. And I think it's important. I think what Vitor Belfort said and what you've reiterated a number of times is like, I, to know what you're, what you're actually trying to reduce is a big deal. And if you're, if you go into any diet and the diet is composed of a a system that is going to purge your, your system of 
water, sure. then you're not, you know, because for the longest time, I just thought any, any weight loss, anytime I got on the scale and it was lower, I, I was losing fat. Yeah. And that's not always true. Like, yeah. you know, when you start to get real scientific and you look at it under like something like a DEXA scan, you can see how much muscle you've lost. You can see how much fat you've lost. It can tell you how hydrated you are, how dehydrated you are. And like, it, it's, you know, people struggling, you know, there, there was this, um, I think it was called the Hollywood diet where it was just, you're just drinking cayenne pepper and lemon and water. That's it. Just drink this drink and you're going to lose weight. And it's like, you're fucking dehydrating yourself. Yeah. That's not why you're losing weight, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But when I speak to people like in my family that want to lose weight and stuff, the first thing I tell them is, uh, about how much water they drink. I'm like, you need to, you need to be consistent, monitor that so that you can rule out, uh, water loss as your weight loss, you know? So yeah. we do that fight camp. Like, say we'll drink a gallon every day and we get the gallon from the grocery store. And then after each workout, we do a hydration shake where we put back all our sodium, we put a electrolyte a sachet in there and we drink that after. So that Because anyone can go work out and then they go on the scale and they're like, damn, yeah, I lost eight pounds. It's like, we, you want to weigh yourself before the workout, then rehydrate to that same weight after the workout and then still be drinking your gallon all day. Um, I've done so that. I, I did a... Um a spinning class. I actually did two back-to-back -back spinning classes where I never got off the bike. I, like I'm sitting there pedaling and the first class leaves and the next class comes in and I'm still pedaling. And I'm telling you, I had a pool, a pool, like my sweat was under other bikes and people were uncomfortable by it. And I was so like, look at how much I've sweat. And I got on the scale and I got on the scale saying to myself, any weight loss any difference I see on the scale is just water. I just yeah. left a pool behind me yeah. and I had lost eight pounds and I still got a little burst of happiness, a little dopamine reward yeah. for this weight loss. And yeah. even though it was all bullshit, I knew it was coming back. I was going to yeah. drink that back that day. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't like 99% of the, the country, you know, they don't know that they, you see these like young influencers and they're like, Oh yeah. And checking their weight. And so I'm like, it's water. How could you have lost? You can't lose that much fat in a day. It's scientifically impossible. Not possible. Honestly, yeah, in the last two days, you didn't. Yeah. I burned 35,000 calories today and I ate nothing. And yeah. that's why I lost this weight. It's crazy. It is insane. Oh, another thing I can put you onto, I can put you and your viewers onto this gem. Everyone knows about rehydration, but prehydration is the secret sauce, man. No one thinks about this. An hour to 90 minutes before you work out, you want to prehydrate with sodium, potassium, magnesium in your shaker. Because when you go to work out and you begin to sweat, you are then depleted already. You're not depleted after. When you're mid-performance and you start to sweat, you're losing sodium, you're losing magnesium, potassium, these things that your muscles need. Your neurons need this to fire. And uh, if you prehydrate, you're already topping those up. So when you begin to sweat, those actual minerals and micronutrients, they don't get to a level that's too low that it's going to affect your performance. So prehydration, 90 minutes before you train, on the way to your workout, put some electrolytes in in your beverage in your shaker 
and that you'll be prehydrated with all the. I've never, I've never thought about it that way. I am, yeah. I am, uh, unfortunately, a person who dr dr drinks water way too quickly. Like my wife yeah. is always like, "What are you doing? You're just gonna piss yeah. that out. That's not helpful." Yeah. But so, so ninety minutes ahead of the workout, yeah, we, we drink how much? A liter of water, half a liter of water. Shaker, my protein, my shaker bottle, which is a liter, I think. And uh, yeah, I'll put an electrolyte beverage in there. I think I have one here, maybe. I use Element. It's a great one. Okay. It gives you the most bang for your buck. 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 uh, milligrams of magnesium. I'll put that in my... Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. shake a bottle 90 minutes before because once i start training and i start to sweat i've i've i'm losing those micronutrients those minerals they're coming out so if i top them up before i train and i'm then prehydrated and you should and i tell guys to do that before they go fight I'm like because you're going to get midway through the second round and your sodium will be low your potassium will be low your magnesium will be low because you're sweating buckets in there you know no, it's a so, good way to think about it, too. And I've not considered this, but I'm always carrying around water while I work out, sweating quite a bit and drinking. And it actually takes your body longer to put it back in. Like yeah. it doesn't just hit your stomach and go and you're not hydrated. Right. There's yeah, a process exactly. there. So drinking while you're sweating isn't the same as getting it in before exactly. that. Exactly. So that's a little gem for you guys, the prehydration. I'm going to start prehydrating. I like that. I bet it's going to be, I bet it's going to make a difference in my workouts. Remember the doctor that I, that I got that from, but he said it can, your, your performance, you can go down your blood plasma and all this stuff because you need sodium and these things to lubricate your blood. Right. Said it can, th it can reduce your, uh, your blood flow by like 12%, which is crazy. That's like a large amount, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're strong, if you're, if you're somebody who has any struggle at all with fatigue or anything like that, little game changers, little tricks like this are super helpful just to keep the energy up. You know, a little bit of caffeine could help, but that's not actually giving you energy. Something yeah. like this is functionally helping your body to perform. Yeah. My nutritionist, he always says, stay salty. Yeah. Whenever I speak to him on the phone, and he says, stay salty. And he hangs up. <laughs> so I, for me, that's my life force, Ethan. Like, I have like six of those packets a day. I wake up, I have one on the way to the gym, after I train, before my next workout, after the workout, before I go to bed. Because these things are even essential for your sleep. Yeah. Sleep, and sleep is such a, a, a powerful tool. 
you know? Because you think like op optimally you want to sleep eight hours a night, right? So if you only sleep seven hours, think that's that's a that's more than 10% of the you're missing out on. If that affects your performance the same way, it's like sleep's a large tool for weight cuts too. You want to sleep as much as possible because we call it floating weight. When you sleep, you see how much you float. Because when you respire, respiration makes you use water every time you take a breath. It heats up the uh, oxygen that you inhale, right, to the temperature that your body needs it. So when you sleep, you're you're losing water weight too because you're breathing in your sleep. Yeah, you're well, I, sleep is sleep is one of the magical times where you know a lot of people think like I get up and I pee and that's the weight I've lost in the night. Yeah. It's mostly it's a lot, a large portion of it, or maybe even the majority of it is through your breath. You're exhaling. You're like a, like a, a, a motor, and that's the exhaust, and it's getting rid of stuff. It's burning. Exactly. There's guys that float a pound, two pounds, two and a half pounds sometimes in one night. Yeah. So that's another reason some guys cut in the morning because it's like you want to be as hydrated as possible so you can float more that night before the weigh-in right and get some off i i salt is another tricky one like for me when i go deep into a diet like if i get six weeks into a diet i notice that my sodium is ticking up and it's ticking up mostly i think because i've lost some part like whatever i was flavoring my flavor stuff is the first to go for me like oh i gotta tighten it up okay everything's gonna be kind of bland but then like salt i'm like free with salt and yeah. and that can that can hold water on on you too yeah yeah that's why we cut sodium out before the weight cut yeah so, uh holds water inside the body but salt is another I think I remember reading like the etymology of the word, like the word salary comes from the word salt because salt was such a powerful tool. Merchants would use it for so much medicinally for preserving uh, perishable foods and all this stuff. It had so many uses like thousands of years ago. Yeah. It, it, I think salt has a bad rap. Like every time you, you look at the American diet and maybe it's high in sodium. I, I don't know. I don't eat a typical American diet. But like whenever I hear anybody say like you shouldn't salt your food, I'm like, you bro, you don't know what you're talking about. It's only people that don't exercise. They don't need salt, I guess. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you're looking to lower your blood pressure through, I mean, you could there's many many other useful tools to lower your blood pressure like weight loss is a great way to reduce your blood pressure um but but i think largely that if you're exercising i'm utterly free with my salt i do i do i have gone into the zone where i am limiting my salt but it's it's very much for a specific thing it's not going to be like i'm going to limit my salt forever and live that way it's like okay for the next week my salt is yeah. reduced or cut I'm, out entirely the only time i measure salt is when i'm cutting it out that's the only time and i have to look on uh, some food packaging to see that there's no salt in it. There's no sodium in it. Otherwise, I'm completely free with my salt because yeah. I know and in and out it's of my body. You know. Yeah, yeah. Tuco, this is amazing. This is some great data, and it's so entertaining for me. I love the behind the scenes look. I, every time I see you up there, I'm like excited. Um, 
And and thank you. Prehydrate. I can't wait to yeah. start doing that. Yeah, try it. Let me know how it goes. I really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. And now for the Q&A. I have a question for you from Candace. Hi, Candace. Candace says, I had gastric sleeve one and a half years ago, which brought me from my highest recorded weight of 270 to 168 to 175. Within nice. the, Yeah. Within the last few months, I have decided to build muscle in the gym but I'm still so intimidated by anything that isn't a machine and I'm not sure how to come up with a training routine. How did you get started in the gym and what would you recommend to someone who isn't sure how to build a routine for themselves? I would literally just start Googling and there are so many different free templates that you could build off of and you could design and you could do, you know, a few total body workouts per week. You could do a chest day, a back day, a legs day. You could then repeat that. You can, there are, but, but Google will help you, um, you know, there's like, you could literally do what's a good workout routine to verbatim what's a good workout routine to build muscle and there will be endless results on google and i think most of them will be could be useful um and then if you want to move from machine to free weights again you could use uh youtube which i believe is owned by google and you know find the 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 one thing i would suggest with free weights is getting really, really good form before you start using heavy weights. Um, machines kind of force you to use good form, although you can, you can use bad form on a machine and hurt yourself, I suppose. But I think it's a little bit harder than with free weights and, uh, just work on your form before you start using a lot of heavy weights, um, that aren't machines. And I'm so glad you reminded you know, YouTube, right? Because I forget it is, you can look up anything on YouTube. So like if someone has a question about their form, whatever it is, or even simple workouts, right? Like you can see visual, usually you have an expert of some sort or someone with good form doing those videos. And there's so many, it's such a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably look up your whole exercise routine, and and plan it based on YouTube. YouTube is is great. There's a lot of data being given away on on YouTube. Um, it, it still amazes me that um, and you know I know personal trainers are there's a reason they're personal. They're helping you fine tune stuff. But like there's so much free data on YouTube that like you could I've, I see people in the gym with their phones. And they're following along to somebody on their phones and that person, that's a recording. You know what I mean? It's not, they're not, uh, it's not Skype, but what is it? FaceTiming. They're not FaceTiming on their phones. I see them watching videos and following along to videos. So there's not, you can totally do that. And, um, I'm trying to think she, she asked how I built my routines, right? Uh, yeah. Um, she said, um, how did you get started in the gym and what would you recommend to someone who isn't sure how to build a routine for themselves? 
I got started in the gym. Uh, it was like 2004 and I'd lost weight similar maybe to her, although she sounds like she's been in the gym for a while, but I wouldn't go in the gym and my wife, um, came home one day and she was like, you've done great losing weight. Now you have to go to the gym and you're going to see this personal trainer. And I went to see a personal trainer for a while. And then I realized like he was great to uh, the, the, the benefit of a personal trainer I've found is the motivation for somebody who lacks motivation. But once I realized, like, I don't need a cheerleader to stand there and tell me to do another rep, I will do as many reps as I can. Um, then it was just a matter of going like, what body part do I want to work out? And what's the most efficient way that I can do that? Yeah, that's and that awesome. was not that was not hard to figure out. And just side question, additional question from me, but what do you think about the classes that are offered in gyms, which are often also free, like, you know, a whole body workout class or, you know what I mean? Like those can be great too, do you think? Totally great. I tend to think of those more as cardio things. Mm. And she she was talking specifically about building muscle, but those classes are awesome. I've done classes and classes are great. And, and that can be thrown in whenever, but yeah. if you're... I don't know if, if those types of classes are going to be super good for building muscle. Right. Yeah, I guess it depends what, what kind it it's, is. Yeah, it depends on what you need. But yeah, the, I mean, most big gyms have classes too. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Well, um, if you have a question for Ethan that you would like him to answer on this podcast, you can email us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>